today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Let's bring uh, Reggie in right now. Rather than using the clips, we'll save the clips for later. But uh, obviously, this is a bizarre scenario, uh, which is coming down in the United States, and it continues right now. Let's get an update. Reggie Giacchini is with us, Washington producer and correspondent with Global News. He's based in Washington. He's with us now. Reggie, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Afternoon. Uh, interesting how what started as uh, uh, a nomination for uh, the Supreme Court has turned into a, another giant Me Too mov- uh, movement. How is this gripping Washington and, and what's the buzz around there? Well, look, there are a lot of emotions that are kind of circling over this city right now. And there are a lot of emotions that are sitting inside that hearing room right now. You have Democratic senators that are sitting on the Judiciary Panel, a Judiciary Committee right now, kind of pleading their hearts right now and putting their hearts on their line and the line as they sit there and say the reasons that they don't think that this nominee should be moving forward. Uh, all the reasons that Donald Trump shouldn't have nominated this person in the first place, given all the incidents that have taken place over the last couple of days. Uh, you've got demonstrators that are in the hallways of the Capitol, demonstrators that are in the Uh, outside of the building right now being arrested by police as they kind of gather in crowds. There is a heated moment that is likely going to stay in play until this vote is finally over sometime next week. So what is happening? Is this going to continue to move forward? Is there a way to stop this at this point? Uh, Is there any any time for due diligence here? How is this going to move forward at this point? In the short term, there is no way to stop this. Uh, This is going to come to a vote at some point early or mid-afternoon hours. The Republicans on this committee are going to send this to the floor with an uh, 11-10 vote to confirm this uh, this nominee. The U.S. Senate will then pick this vote up on Saturday. They're going to open up some debate motions back and forth to allow everybody to give their moment of, of, uh, of time on the floor to be able to speak about the candidate. But this is going to go to a vote at some point next week, likely on Tuesday. And there is an the only way that this nomination is not going to go forward is if the Republicans don't band together. It's a razor-thin majority right now. It only takes two defectors to make this confirmation disappear. That is a possibility. Uh, The fact that they will vote to progress and continue with this this afternoon, does that mean that they believed Kavanaugh ahead of Blasey Ford? I think that a lot of the Republicans that are on this committee right now have their minds made up before they even went into these hearings. These hearings, uh, as is in the eyes of the Democrats, were simply an olive branch being handed out to let somebody uh, put their their allegations into the public eye and have Brett Kavanaugh be able to defend himself in a public setting. Uh, Republicans are going to push through with this right now, and uh, there's just there's very little that anybody's actually going to be able to do to stop this right now. How does the testimony from yesterday change this? I mean, my goodness, first her, then him. It was bizarre to watch. It, it was. And I mean, you have to this is like I was we were talking about this earlier that this isn't like a, a presidential debate where you see two people that are before a committee of people and you have to choose a winner. This was this was very difficult to watch on both aspects. This was an emotional moment for Dr. Ford. She was very timid. She was very, uh, you know, uh, upset while she was talking. She was getting exhausted towards the end of her testimony. Uh, and, and, and Brett Kavanaugh came in fired up. He was angry. It was a completely different situation than we saw in his Fox News interview where the president had called him weak. Some on the Democratic side are saying that the judge came in so fired up in a show for Donald Trump, who he knew was going to be watching this, and he knew that he was going to have to put on this kind of angry, strongman attitude to please the president. Uh, At the end of the day, Republicans and Democrats, again, had their minds made up listening to each of these. It's going to be the people outside of the committee, these two moderate Republicans, to be able to look at these testimonies that were given and say, I believe one more than I believe the other. Uh, Donald Trump said before this testimony yesterday that his mind could be changed. Obviously, uh, it wasn't. Do you think that was 
uh, an effort to, uh, I guess, Kavanaugh to get on his game? It, it possibly, because look, when the president was in the uni- at the United Nations and he gave that kind of wild 75-minute press conference, he said for sure something could change his mind. That maybe if, if Dr. Ford had said something, it would resonate with the president and he would pull his nominee. Yesterday inside the White House, there were sources saying that the president was actually fuming at the fact that Dr. Ford seemed as credible as she did. He, he, was, he was upset that his people didn't tell him that she was going to be this strong. Uh, that being said... What look, difference he, he, would that have made, Reggie? Well, I mean, it, it might not have made any difference at all, but I mean, the president said that, you know, she, she seemed too credible and he thought that that was going to be an attack on, on Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh came in, he was fired up, he was angry, the president was very pleased with it. Look, within a moment of this thing ending yesterday, the president tweeted that was a strong performance and this again is a con job by the Democrats. How is this playing in the United States? Is this just dividing everything even more? Absolutely it is, because look, this is the, the Me Too movement is already huge, not only in the United States, but worldwide. This is you know, also being called the Year of the Woman. This is, this is putting a big divide uh, when it comes to how people are looking, not only at the United States, but at Congress. There's a lot of uh, divisive politics uh, in Congress right now. There's a lot of Democrats and Republicans who just don't see eye to eye on certain things, and that's what we see playing out. There's also a lot of fear in the political world simply just going forward towards the election. This nomination process could resonate with voters heading towards the polls in November, and particularly with that women vote, which is important for both Republican and for Democrat. Is this testimony or did this testimony change any minds or just reaffirm those that already had made up theirs? Well, look, a 10 of the 11 Republicans on that committee had already said that their minds were made up going into this. The only one who was kind of waving was Jeff Flake. And then he came out this morning saying that he intends to vote with the group. So it might have had some sort of sway on one person's vote. At least that's what we're seeing on the outside. Uh, it, it's going to be the when it comes to a group vote. If all the Republicans decide to get in line after hearing that testimony from Kavanaugh, after hearing the testimony from Ford, the entire group is going to have to look at that and say, do we want to band together or do we kind of dissemble? Uh, do we kind of step aside from each other? and see who votes with what. How do you, you know, how, how do you put your partisan politics aside, look at what happened yesterday and not come away and say, it's a he said, she said, and we have to step, step back and take a look at this. That's what Democrats are saying right now. They say, look, there needs to be an investigation into this. We need to take ourselves out of this picture right now. No matter who we are sitting on this committee, politics is going to play a role. And so is the word Democrat. So is the word Republican. If we have a third party independent come in and look at this, like the FBI, they will be able to produce the information that we can then digest on our own. Republicans don't want anything to do with that because that would cause a delay in this nomination process and likely put it beyond the election. Why not just move on? I mean, I'm sure there's lots of qualified judges out there. As soon as you see signs of smoke like this, why not? Why keep doubling down? Well, the president put a lot of stock in this. He said that as he became the president, he wanted to stack the Supreme Court. He's already done it once with Neil Gorsuch. This is his opportunity to show his base, that 39, 40% strong, that, look, I said I was going to put people on the court and I'm going to do this. If this nomination falls through uh, and, and, and doesn't move forward, there is a good chance that the Republican base could start to kind of fracture apart. And you'll see Republicans come and say, well, the president can't get a Supreme Court justice on the court. Maybe the president's not doing as well as he can. So there are ramifications that extend far beyond the Supreme Court when it comes to this nomination. What does this do for the Republican Party from an internal basis? 
Well, I mean, the Republican Party is already fractured as it is. There's a lot of different segments inside it between the Republicans, the moderate side, the Freedom Caucus. This is just kind of simplifying that and saying, look, there are different groups and we're likely not going to come together. There are, you know, people trying to whip the vote to say, look, we need to group together. We need to be on the president's side. We need to show the country that Republicans can stand together and we're not just kind of six or seven different parties that have come together to become one. Democrats are trying to put out this voice saying, look, the Republican Party is fractured right now. It's not working. This is something that we were trying to tell you going into the 2016 election. We're trying to tell you this now so that in the midterm election, the Democrats can take control. That is what their message is when they look at this entire situation. This sort of politics, I don't see it going away. Where is this going? I mean, don't we have to come up with some sort of solution? Because this is going to happen again. Do we not need some sort of policy to follow? Well, I mean, this this is just how nomination processes work. This is how politics work in America. Things are very de- very divided. It's very it's not often that you see bipartisan uh, uh, kind of kinmanship when it comes to something that's as polarizing as the Supreme Court. Because look, there are ramifications inside that court that are going to affect the base of either the Republicans or the Democrats, and very few of them are going to be in this kind of mushy middle where it may affect them, it may not affect them. A stacked right Supreme Court affects the right wing base of the United States because it backs what they're belief is, but it may be a disadvantage for the people on the left, and then it'll be flip if you have a left-leaning judge put on the court. So it's hard to find a balance when you are dealing with such a polarized uh, country when it comes to politics. When Donald Trump uh, was campaigning, he was talking about the establishment and how things had become gridlocked, things couldn't move, uh, the swamp, the whole nine yards. Is this changing anything? I mean, it seems to be the same. It just seems to, to be hurry up and wait. Well, I mean, look, the, the, when Donald Trump took and he said that he was going to drain the swamp and he was going to push across all of these things, very few things happened. Sure, he got a tax, uh, he got a tax uh, reform package that was passed, but health care was not dealt with. There was uh, infrastructure that hasn't been dealt with. And now going forward with the Republicans w- running the risk of losing control of the House, he's now going to be sitting with a split branch of government, which is a Democratic House and a potentially Republican Senate, meaning even fewer things are going to make their way to uh, to the final rounds when it comes to getting stuff done. So if things are moving slow right now, if the Democrats happen to win the House in November, we are going to see things slow down to a snail's pace by December. Uh, Is this issue, why do you think this issue is resonating the way that it is, Uh, especially when it comes to the, uh, and as you said, it's certainly important when they appoint a member to the Supreme Court uh, because it does greatly affect politics. But is this about the politics, meaning left and right, or is this the Me Too movement? Well, I think it's a mix of everything right now. Politics played a part in this right now because the president said, this is the person that I want to put up on the court. This is the person who stands uh, you know, on firm ground with the beliefs that my base has right now. So politics does play a part. But you have to look at the allegations that are up against this Supreme Court nominee. There are a lot of women out there, and there's a lot of men out there as well who say, look, I've been a victim, or I know a victim, or my mother was a victim, and v- victims' voices need to be heard. Heard, and there needs to be some kind of justice for the people who have become victims of assault. And by looking at the Republicans saying, you know, there, there have been allegations against the Supreme Court nominee, let's just get it through, let's plow it through, as leadership was saying, as fast as we can, and not allow for any kind of investigation to move forward, all it does is rally up that base of people who say, we cannot let this happen. We cannot let allegations just kind of sit and float in the air and then ignore them because our politics want to play number one role. How is it resonating in the United States with both of them standing up there, raising their hand with the other one on a Bible saying they're telling the truth and both coming out with two totally different stories? 
Well, look, maybe they are telling the truth. The Democrats are trying to say that there were holes in Brett Kavanaugh's story, that he says that he didn't drink very much when he was in high school. He liked to have beers, but he kept a calendar so it showed that he couldn't have been at that party. He couldn't answer the question of, you know, whether he drank to the point of blacking out at certain points. So Democrats tried to poke holes in that. Republicans tried to poke holes in the story of Christine Blasey Ford by saying you can't remember a lot of the things. You can't remember who was at this party. You can't even remember who it was that pushed you into that bedroom. So you have, again, politics playing a number one role here by saying here's what we want to believe here's what we want to hear you say and here's what we're actually hearing you say it was kind of like it was like selective listening when you were watching kind of cable news and how they were dealing with both of these people that were on the on the stand yesterday where do you think we would be if Kavanaugh had said, uh, you know, I don't remember what happened, but yeah, you know, I did some stupid things when I was a kid and I apologize for all of this and blah, 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 blah. Where would we be then? It's possible that there would have been an opportunity for Republicans to uh, grant a Democratic wish by saying, let's get an investigation into this. If Brett Kavanaugh had said, sure, maybe this did happen. I'm not sure of the details of it. An investigation could have proven that maybe he did or maybe he didn't do it. By just not answering any questions or by kind of filibustering whenever a Democrat tried to ask him a question, the Brett Kavanaugh didn't do himself any services by, by kind of ignoring what the problems or what the questions were. Republicans liked it, though. They said the longer he doesn't say anything, the the easier it will be for us to just move him forward. Reggie Cicchini has been with us, Washington producer and correspondent with Global News, based in Washington. Make sure you're watching Global News tonight at 5.30 and 6. Reggie, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Never dull. Thanks. Thank you, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.